Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by community pastor Carrie Latisseur as we conclude the series Naturally Supernatural. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. In the doctor's words, it was nothing short of a miracle, and I was healed. I was in tears as I was receiving the word from God that definitely strengthened, encouraged, and comforted me. And in my heart, I heard him respond, I know. And those two words healed so much. My friend Mark tells the story of his freshman year of high school. He was hospitalized for a severe asthma attack that landed him in the intensive care unit, one of several trips to the hospital that year. A few days after he was released from the hospital, the pastor from his church came over to his house, laid hands on him, and prayed that God would heal his asthma. He says when he woke up the next morning, he still had asthma. Nice try, I guess. But here's the funny thing. On top of the asthma, Mark had a bunch of problems with painful warts on his feet. And the morning after his pastor prayed, all of the warts on his feet had mysteriously disappeared. At first, he wondered if God's got some signals crossed up and sent down the wrong healing. Maybe someone somewhere else was breathing great but still had warts on their feet. Then, he says, he heard a still, small voice tell him, Mark, I just wanted you to know that I'm able. It's a a funny but powerful and true story of healing that took place several years ago in Mark's life. I wonder, if you were to pray for healing in your life, what's the thing you would pray for? We're continuing in our series, Naturally Supernatural. During this series, we're challenging one another to open ourselves up to the supernatural ways God wants to work in and through our lives. The point isn't just to pursue God's acts of power. The point is to pursue His presence, recognizing at times His power is part of how we experience His presence and His love. For so many of us, it's part of our relationship with God that we've been missing out on because we don't even know that it's actually possible. So during this series, we're challenging one another to expand what we're calling our plausibility structure. We've illustrated a plausibility structure with a box. At the center of our relationship with God, and that box represents our assumptions about how God will actually work in our lives and in our world. Whether we recognize it or not, we tend to box God into our understanding of what is plausible. We don't expect Him to work beyond these boundaries. And for many of us, the thought that we might regularly experience the supernatural activity of God lies outside of what we deem plausible. The challenge we're putting before you during this series is to let God expand your plausibility structure, to open yourself up, not just to the possibility that you can experience the supernatural activity of God in your regular, everyday life, but to recognize that you're meant to. In our experience, we found that these four components can help expand our plausibility structure. First, theology a deepening understanding of God's supernatural activity that's rooted in Scripture. Second, testimonies. 
hearing stories of how people have experienced God's supernatural activity in their lives. Third, tactics, practical instruction on how to engage with God in His supernatural activity. And finally, trust. Overcoming fear and doubt to believe God is and desires to act in supernatural ways. As we learn, hear, practice, and see God work in supernatural ways, our plausibility structure will grow. And as each of our plausibility structures expand, the naturally supernatural impact of our church will expand. One of the naturally supernatural activities God has for us in this life is healing prayer. Again, the point isn't just to pursue God's acts of power and miraculous healing. The point is to pursue His presence, recognizing at times His power is part of how we experience His presence and His love. Healing might sound like something far-fetched or even make some of us suspicious, but I want to share my own story with you. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to sit with the creative team to capture it. Check this out. Several years ago, just before spring break and a much-anticipated family vacation, I started having debilitating pain in my stomach. The nurse and my family urged me to go see the doctor right away. And when I got to his office and told him where I was experiencing the pain, he sent me to the emergency room for an urgent CT scan. He told me to drive straight there and that he would call ahead so they knew I was coming. He thought I had appendicitis and said it was possible my appendix could burst if we didn't catch it and remove it in time. As soon as I got to the ER, they were ready for me and took me back to imaging for a CT scan. The whole situation felt highly intense and there was some urgency to figure out what was going on. While I was having the scan, my husband called some friends to let them know, to try to arrange some help for our young kiddos and to ask for prayer. Two of our friends asked if they could come to the hospital to pray and help with the kids. After the scans, the doctor told me I had appendicitis and that they needed to prep me for surgery. I was nervous about having surgery. I still had a nursing baby and I was also upset that this meant we would have to cancel our thought out from Chicago winter vacation. In fact, that was probably the hardest part, definitely the part I was most whiny about. They put me in a room, started an IV, and were prepping me for surgery while they waited for an operating room to open up. While I was waiting, still in a great deal of pain, my two friends came back to sit with me and pray over me. As they prayed, I felt significant relief from the pain. It was odd, but I was grateful for the reprieve. The surgeon came in to do a pre-op consultation and tell me what to expect. When I told him I was no longer in pain and then suggested to him I didn't need the surgery anymore, he laughed and told me that appendicitis wasn't something you could heal from, that the only course of action was to remove my appendix. He also said he couldn't believe the patient sitting in front of him was the same person who had the inflamed appendix he had just seen on the scans. I told him I had no pain and he told me he needed to go take a second look at my chart. When he came back in the room, he was stunned and said it was a miracle I wasn't doubled over in pain based on what he had just seen on the scans. My friends were still in the room and we told him we prayed for and were believing for total healing. He told me there was really no chance I'd be walking out of that building with my appendix. His words, unless you really experience a miracle. He did agree to pause and observe me for a bit to see what would happen with my pain. 
After hours of me in pain-free, he delayed my surgery to the next day and admitted me for observation overnight. The next morning, when I was still pain-free, he told me they would release me as healed if I could eat something and the pain didn't return. It was the best hospital food I had ever eaten, and after observation and no pain, I was discharged. We got to leave for family vacation the next day, and to this day, despite the CT scan confirming appendicitis, I still have my appendix. In the doctor's words, it was nothing short of a miracle, and I was healed. It's hard to believe things that don't fit into our boxes for how the world works. But our journey of following Jesus invites us to expand what we believe is possible as we explore Jesus' life and ministry. For some of us, perhaps we've prayed and didn't experience healing when we really needed it. It's understandable to be skeptical about healing, but I really like what William Temple had to say. He's an Anglican priest in the early 1900s who said this, when I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. There's an invitation for each of us today to be open to having our plausibility structure expanded. So to begin, let's explore how healing is biblical. See, in the beginning, we read God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. God created a world without sickness, without death, without brokenness, without injustice, where humans were meant to flourish. Men and women side by side as partners stewarding the earth and having everything they needed. But then brokenness entered. Through humans' desire to control and own, death entered the world. Since that part of the story, God has been enacting a plan to redeem all of creation back to what it was meant to be. Through Jesus and the kingdom He came to establish, God wants to redeem and restore all things back to God's original intentions. We can read in Revelations 21, 1 through 4, He promises that in the culmination of the redemption plan, there will be no sickness or death in the new heaven and the new earth. Sickness is not part of God's design. He loves to heal. Jesus came to restore what's broken in this world. That even includes our physical bodies. We see this in His compassion for those who were sick or infirmed. A central part of Jesus' ministry on earth was healing. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Huge crowds of people gathered all over to witness and experience Jesus' healing power. But Jesus was never just a healer. There was a greater purpose in each healing. For him, the healings were signs of the new thing that God was doing through him. Every miracle was a demonstration of his kingship. God's kingdom, God's sovereign reign, his saving rule was at the last being unleashed upon Israel and the world through Jesus. Jesus was never about just doing things himself. He sent his followers out to do the things that he was doing. Luke, one of Jesus' disciples and friends, tells us this. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. 
and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. By the end of Luke 9, he begins to explain this to his followers, though they never understood it or believed it until afterwards. There was something so spectacular, doing the things that Jesus did, that it seemed impossible. But he was beginning to share his power and his work with them. They needed to learn to do what Jesus was doing, to trust God like he trusted God. And after Jesus had died, was resurrected, and later ascended into heaven, his followers began to do the very things he had been doing. There's a story in the book of Acts where a couple of Jesus' apprentices, Peter and John, met a man who couldn't walk and had sat begging at a particular place in Jerusalem every day. Thinking he was going to get some money from them, the man gave Peter and John his attention. He ended up getting something worth a whole lot more than money. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Not only was this man's life changed forever, a beautiful opportunity to point to Jesus came from it. A few verses later, Peter makes it clear where the power to heal had come from. Check this out. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. There was no hiding this miracle. Lots of people knew who this guy was because he sat in the same place every single day, like a fixture in that part of town. Now he's running and jumping and praising God. What's amazing about this story is how much more God did than simply heal the man. Through this miracle, lots of people got to experience the love of Jesus and many found their way back to God. If that's the case, then praying for healing really is a part of our mission. Here's the deal. I've heard lots of people express that they didn't feel qualified to pray or couldn't pray well enough. But prayer isn't some sort of performance. It's more like a conversation with another person as we bring our requests to God. I like to think of it as sort of being like a server. We bring our request to God, and then we ask the Holy Spirit to show up with the main course. There isn't pressure on us to sound a certain way or make things happen ourselves. We're trusting God to show up and do what only He can do. What's our part in this? Author and missionary Heidi Baker puts it in beautiful simplicity. It's our job to love. It's God's job to heal. So practically speaking, how do we go about actually praying for healing for someone? For us to learn the tactics, I like to follow a simple model we called HEAL. H stands for how. We simply start by asking the question, how can I pray for you? You'd be surprised at how receptive people are to being asked this question, especially if they're hurting physically. So when someone tells you they've got a surgery coming up or have headaches that keep coming back, don't assume what they need. Rather, ask, 
How can I pray for you? E stands for explain. Explain what you're about to do. Ask if you can put a hand on their shoulder. Most people feel comfortable with that. Then tell them you're going to say a prayer out loud and ask God to heal them. Explain that this is not some power you have, but you believe God has the power to heal. And so you're going to ask Him. And then A, ask. Stop for a moment and silently ask God what He wants you to know and say. Take your time. Pause and see if anything comes to mind. And then simply ask God to heal the person, remembering that the pressure isn't on you. It's up to God. Perhaps you could say something like, Father God, thank you that you love this person. Thank you that you desire to heal. We pray that you would come and do that right now. In Jesus' name. Finally, the L stands for listen. Listen by asking questions. Did you feel anything? Do you sense God is telling you anything? Sometimes God heals right there. If it's something major, encourage them to go to the doctor or a counselor. If nothing changes, encourage them and tell them you'll continue to pray for them in the coming days. For many of us, the possibility that praying for healing won't actually work keeps us from asking at all. But there's a deeper question here. Will we continue to trust God even when He doesn't answer the way we're hoping for? Pastor and author Tony Campolo tells a story about a time he prayed for a man with cancer. The week after they prayed, he got a call from the man's wife. She said, you prayed for my husband. He had cancer. Tony fully expected the next words to be that God healed him. He had cancer, but not anymore. Before he could say another thing, she added, he died. Tony felt terrible, but there was so much more to the story. She continued, don't feel bad. When we came into church that Sunday, he was filled with anger. He knew he was going to be dead in a short period of time, and he hated God. He was 58 years old, and he wanted to see his children and grandchildren grow up. He was angry that this all-powerful God didn't take away his sickness and heal him. He would lie in bed and curse God, she said. The more his anger grew towards God, the more miserable he was to everybody around him. It was an awful thing to be in his presence. After you prayed for him, a peace had come over him and a joy came into him. Tony, the last three days have been the best days of our lives. We've sung, we've laughed, we've read scripture, we've prayed. Oh, they've been wonderful days, and I called to thank you for laying hands on him and praying for healing. Then she closed the conversation with the most powerful and profound thought. He wasn't cured, but he was healed. Through healing, we're not just seeking the power that comes from his hand. We are seeking his presence. It's about being in God's presence and restoring relationship with him. Just because we didn't get what we wanted didn't mean God didn't do what He wanted. Maybe that's you. You've been asking and praying for healing for a while and haven't seen a breakthrough. You might be wondering why you should even bother trying again. 
why keep asking if it seems like God isn't moving? But let me show you something. And what might have been his greatest sermon, this is what Jesus told his followers. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. In fact, that's what we're going to do right now. But before we do, let's take a moment to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Then over the next few songs, we'll ask God to heal and do what only He can do. So to prepare our hearts, pray this out loud with me. God, expand my vision, embolden my heart, and release your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Just like we talked about with our heal model, asking God to heal doesn't need to be complicated or fancy. God has the power to heal. We're simply asking Him to come and do what only He can do. So let's try it. Maybe you're with someone now that needs to experience God's healing power. Ask them, how can I pray for you? This power comes from God and not from you. And then simply ask God to do what only He can do. Pray this simple prayer. Father God, Thank you that you love this person. Thank you that you desire to heal. We pray that you would come and do that right now in Jesus' name. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking.